1: over here's paul calvisi
3: get the popcorn ready it's gonna be a show
1: and ron wolfley
3: it doesn't get any better than that unleash the fury all right so check it out we are three weeks away from the first nfl game 2021 the hall of fame game thursday august 5th canton ohio cowboys against the steelers and of course the very next week Cardinals and Cowboys in the Cardinals preseason opener August 13th. And then the Cardinals are going to play at Dallas in week 17. Yes, we are here every single week on the Big Red Rage, the original Thursday Night Football, we like to say, all presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi producer Jim Omahundro. We let Wolf take a little vacation time here as we hit the rewind button, a best of edition of the Big Red Rage. Cardinals about to commence with training camp end of the month, so. Let there be football and position battles. Not a ton of unanswered questions going into this season, but the decision makers do have to figure out a starting right guard, who's going to be wide receiver 2, 3 and 4 behind the best overall wide receiver in the game perhaps in D Hop, who's going to be cornerback 2, 3 and 4 behind Malcolm Butler and then the slot man Byron Murphy, that defensive front after JJ Watt and Chandler Jones, and then you have the two inside linebackers. Very talented and very young and inexperienced. Zaven Collins, Isaiah Simmons, we know they have the measurables, the size and the speed to play, but can they play linebacker in the NFL? Can they read and react, diagnose and destroy, right? And if all goes to plan, hey, these two first-round picks are going to be every-down linebackers. So if there's one key assistant coach, It's got to be inside linebackers coach Bill Davis, a longtime D coordinator in the NFL, works closely with not only the linebackers, but D coordinator Vance Joseph. A lot of questions for Bill Davis right now. And you know what? Earlier this offseason, we had a chance to pose those questions, and we asked him for some initial takeaways. And then we started with our observation that Zayvon Collins, man, he is extra large for an inside linebacker, 6'5", 260.
4: Well, you know, it's it kind of takes me back. Well, Wolf, you remember the days where the backers were all built like that. Oh, they were yeah. all up there in because you had to take on guards and there was more odd fronts. And, and it was just a different time and a different offense that was coming your way. So it kind of just takes me back to early stages of my own career, you know, working with guys like LeVon Kirkland and those bigger guys that could run it. They had to be big because of – you know the the downhill run game, the two back run game that was coming at you. So when I actually went to Tulsa to Zavin's pro day, um, the first thing that jumped out of me was the weigh-in and the measuring, and I said, "Oh my goodness, this is a big boy. His his head's big, his hands are big, his wrists are big," and I was really anxious to see him move to see how he carried that size. Pleasantly surprised how easily he carried the 260, 65 pounds, and and I think that that, that went a long way in in us. the evaluation of saying, oh, yeah, he is big and the weight is up there, but, boy, it just, it looks right and he carries it well and and that makes a big difference when when you weigh that much.
3: We're on board. Bill Davis, linebacker's coach, Arizona Cardinals, the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. So, simply put, Billy, what's the risk-reward in giving a rookie the green dot to call the defense from day one? Well, no matter how
4: smart you are, no matter how football intelligent yard. A rookie year is a rookie year. And there's gonna be growth that has to happen and the growth comes through error and mistake mm-hmm. and correction. And sometimes the best lesson a young guy can learn is the mistake. Like Isaiah in the first game against San Fran, getting out of leverage in the coverage of the running back out of the backfield that went for eighty yards. It's a lesson that he didn't he didn't blow that particular assignment again the whole year uh those things happen you realize they're going to happen when they start as as rookies it happens to all positions i don't care if you're the quarterback i don't care if you're a receiver a db i care give you the first overall pick or a third round pick you you play your rookie year you're going to have to grow through some mistakes and and again that happens because our game is different than the college game uh the amount of um defensive information that you have to process and in the mike linebacker position the, the true art of playing the Mike Backer is the quarterback of our defense is the ability to communicate to all 10 other defensive players their responsibility, meaning we have to set the front, and that's how people get aligned. And then we have to make uh, a secondary calls of where pressure is coming or uh, where a, a stunt might happen. And within that, you've got to be able to align everybody up, communicate to what we're seeing in the offensive structure formation and then when they motion we have to make the appropriate adjustment to the motion and oh yeah by the way after that you have to do your own job at a high level most guys can do their own job at a high level it's only a few can line everybody else up and do their job effectively
0: billy how is isaiah simmons processing this defense and do you envision him being help for zavin
4: Absolutely. Isaiah's got a great football mind. One of the things, and I've never had a chance to talk about it very often, but Isaiah last year, we trained Isaiah in six different defensive positions. The Mike linebacker, the Mo linebacker, and the Sam linebacker were three of the linebacker spots he had to learn. And In college, he never really played the Mike or the Mo, the inside spot. He was always more of the edge player. Then we trained him as the nickel, the strong safety, and the free safety. And Without an off season or a preseason game. So he had six positions to learn. Zaven has one. Zayven's learning the Mike mm-hmm. linebacker spot. And through all that, Isaiah, as the season went on, and he, and he got more and more comfortable with those different positions and all the different hats we had him wearing. All of a sudden, his mind slowed down and that body activated and you saw him make some plays. And we're really excited about an off season when some preseason games and watching the growth that's going to happen there because he's got a really f- high football IQ. And he's very – one of the things you find, and the more you coach and the more you're out in the game, not everyone can go out there and have a relaxed mind but play fast. And Isaiah's got that ability. And when he comes to the sideline and he tells me it happened a certain way – Isaiah is usually right. He he calmly saw it, he recognized it, and he could give it back to me. There are some guys come to the sideline and say, hey, coach, uh, the left guard pulled and the uh, the tight end slashed across the backfield." I, I said, no, it didn't. And you look at the picture and say, no, son, it didn't even come close to happening. Right. What were you looking at? Well, Isaiah is the guy that when he says it it, it, it is what he said it was. And that's, that's a good sign of him, of his mind to being calm and, and being able to function at a high level.
3: Bill Davis, Cardinals linebacker's coach here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. A year ago, Isaiah Simmons had Devondre Campbell in front of him. So I don't know if this is classified info or not, but is he tracking to play six different positions this year, or do you see him sticking at that inside backer spot?
4: Well, the the home base will now be the inside backer mode, dime spot. But we will still, because we, we he's a Swiss Army knife that it is very, very frustrating for an offense To see Isaiah out there and not be able to identify his position. Is he the other safety? Is he the Sam backer? Is he the Mike? Is he the Mo? And and really, those identifications to an offense has a lot to do with their protections, has a lot to do with how their blocking scheme will unwind. So we find we get a pretty good advantage by moving him around a little bit as long as he can handle it. And he's proven, especially at the end of last season that he absolutely can handle multiple positions. But the home base will be the inside uh, mower-dime linebacker.
0: Billy, is this the most talented linebacking core you've ever coached?
4: Well, it's the youngest. And, and time will tell if it's the most talented. If you, if you talk about raw potential,
0: yeah. yes.
4: Uh, but now, uh, as you know, Wolf, we, they got to prove it in the NFL. Amen. <laughs> and they got to do it over time. The, the, the true sign of greatness to me is – Playing at a real high consistency of doing your job and making a play when it presents itself to you, and that's what Zavin and Isaiah all time. I'm not looking for you guys to make the wild play I need we have seventy five snaps that seventy of them are exactly the way they're supposed to be, and we may have you know I've never coached a perfect game, so there's always a couple in there that you know they did something you hadn't seen or we did it wrong a little bit, but uh they are very high football iq locked in instinctive inside backers and uh i can't wait to see how far we can grow them and uh, and and watch them in the next couple years
3: look history says you're going the preseason you'll see mainly vanilla offenses and schemes do you ask cliff kingsbury to dial it up and get exotic in training camp to try and test those guys and their football iq
4: well just by the nature of our offensive with him just running his stuff he tests us because he's got the four wide receiver sets, the three wide, the, the 12, the two tight end packages. And then you have Kyler back there doing the quarterback run game. And so all of just facing offense, he doesn't have to dial anything up. He he does it just by calling his installs. And, and we've got to uh, meet the challenge of trying to stop our own offense.
0: Billy, where do you think this defense will improve the most from last season? I mean, just a gut feeling, a speculation on your part, yes, but... A gut feeling. Where do you think it's going to improve the most?
4: Well, we, we really felt good about the improvements we made last year. We really jumped up in the rankings. And, 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 you know, we say it all the time, it's a scoreboard in the end zone, so points allowed per game are what we really have to focus on. Our sacks were high. Our turnovers, I think, are going to increase. One of the things you get when you get the two six, four inside backers is an, and who can move and run now as a quarterback, when you try to hide the lowest and you've got a, a short little uh, stop route in, a, in, a, in an in behind it, trying to throw over those two inside, you, you're going to elevate your pass a little bit. The safeties are going to get more balls, I believe. I think there'll be more tips and overthrows, and tips and overthrows in the NFL turn into interceptions. <laughs> so if I had to pick one area that, w- that we're probably going to make some, and then you have J.J. in there who's, Batting balls left and right, and he's he's a he wrecks havoc in there. And along with Chandler coming off the edge, I just think the quarterbacks are going to be under more duress, and they're going to have to adjust how they throw. Which we get tips and overthrows, and I think our turnovers and interceptions should go go up there, and and hopefully the points allowed come down.
3: Great. It was hard not to notice JJ Watt just his energy, right? He even ran scout team tight end for you guys a little bit, and and we know how Steve Kime has spoken of the leadership aspect of bringing him into the locker room. Do you believe in that? Because a lot of analytics guys say, ah, they dismiss the locker room and the leadership. What do you say about that?
4: I think it's crazy. I, I think uh, leadership has a monetary value just like a 40-yard dash does. And I think the chemistry on your team is makes all the difference in the world before, between going deep into a playoffs or not making the playoffs. There's got to be a chemistry, a love, uh, respect, the mutual respect of each other. And you need leaders on both sides of the ball. Somebody has to be followers. So you don't need all leaders. You don't need a bunch of alphas that are going to lead. You need one or two really good ones. And the really good leaders are the ones that will do exactly what you just described. Hey, I'll jump over and wear a green hat and be a tight end. And I'm i I'm a superstar because I want the team. I put the team first. And when he does it, Now, it's so much easier for a young kid that's trying to make his way to say, hey, I'm not embarrassed by wearing this hat. Absolutely. I'm making us better. And that leadership is is natural. You can't fake it. You either have it or you don't. And J.J. definitely has it. And it is a huge addition. um, And it really makes us better from a lot of other areas that aren't the you know the 40-yard dash and, and all the other things it's absolutely
3: valuable yeah that leadership for the coaches like Bill Davis right there very valuable indeed and remember Steve Kime told the media that in this year's draft class you could count the number of players who got the alpha tag on their grade card you could count them on one hand and Zaven Collins was one of those draft prospects and the good news is unlike last season He's going to have three preseason games to make that adjustment to the NFL game. So we'll see if Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons get a chance to tackle Zeke Elliott in that preseason opener against Dallas, or maybe a few reps against Alvin Kamara when the Cardinals go to New Orleans to wrap up the preseason. We'll see about that. And then it gets extremely real in the opener at Nashville when you get big Derrick Henry, right? Not to mention Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill. With that in mind, we'll come back. And we'll talk cornerbacks as we continue with this best-of edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
1: The ball is at the Patriot one. The quarterback, Wilson, is in the shotgun formation. Lynch will flank him to his left. Two wide to the near side, one to the far. In the shotgun, there's the snap, it's felt high. Quick throw, it's intercepted at the goal line. It's intercepted by Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler is intercepted
5: Russell Wilson at the goal line, 20 seconds left. Butler does an unbelievable job getting inside and I'm surprised that Russell Wilson threw it here. Butler read the play perfectly, went behind the pick and ran right to where the slant was going to be thrown.
3: And, of course, that sealed the Super Bowl win for the Patriots against the Seahawks at State Farm Stadium. And now Malcolm Butler will play his home games there. It is a best-of addition to the Big Red Rage. Paul Calvisi, our producer, Jim Almohandro, all presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. And as we near Cardinals training camp, there's always the known and the unknown. And if you want to talk about that cornerback room, you have Malcolm Butler, you have Byron Murphy, and some question marks. And in a league where you need three corners, shall we say four corners on game day, although we have a couple of safeties who are pretty dynamic in Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, I get it, But and yes, even Isaiah Simmons can cover in the slot, but you have a lot of question marks right now when it comes to the other veterans in that room, whether it's experience and age or perhaps injury, so we had cornerbacks coach Greg Williams on and we asked him to name some names when it comes to some of those key veterans.
6: I really like how, how, how we put it together just from a, a standpoint, Murphy's coming into his own right now. Um, you know, we expect big things from him this year, but yeah, you guys saw Robert Alford from a, a training camp standpoint uh, over the last two years. Unfortunately, the fan base hasn't had a chance to see it in games, but uh uh we were expecting big things from him each yep. of the last two years just from his performance and what he brings from a tenacity level, um, you know, to to our team and to our secondary. I mean this guy is is, is energy in a bottle. You know what I mean? If you if you're ever around him, he is always on. He's Would you call him off. a dog never coach? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. He's he's a he's a dog in the epitome of the word. That's 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 what he is. Because he still plays with that. He'll tell you, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. I'm mm-hmm. a small school guy. Regardless of where he was drafted, he still plays with kind of that small school chip on his shoulder. And that's what made him as successful as he's been. Because you got to remember, this guy's played in the Super Bowl and played pretty well in yes. the Super Bowl.
3: It is one of the big questions for you on Malcolm Butler is to try and figure out, okay, at age 31, can he really check and shadow and travel a guy, a premier number one receiver, and handle that all by himself? Is that something he's known for doing or are you gonna to have to change the scheme accordingly
6: uh i think he's be, being in the two places that he's been in in new england and tennessee he's had a chance to be in multiple schemes uh so i think he can adapt to whatever we want him to do and whatever will help the team win uh, uh obviously you guys have seen vance's defenses they're they're multiple and he'll do uh we'll we'll do what it takes uh game permitting you know game plan permitting and so if he has to do it he can but he's he's a guy another guy that uh you know for the for the time that i've known him he's willing to do anything that you ask him to do whether it's to stay right stay left or travel uh he's done it all and he's he's more than willing to do that in this game as
3: well all right that's cornerbacks coach greg williams on the big red rage this off offseason look it's going to be different for the first time in a decade. No Patrick Peterson, although your lead corner will be wearing the number 21. It'll just be Malcolm Butler. And so we interviewed Frank Sanders, longtime Cardinals receiver, guy who made a living going against cornerbacks, and we talked about that. And you know what? Frank Sanders is a guy who talks to Patrick Peterson. They actually played golf together in the offseason. And we asked Frank Sanders for his thoughts on replacing Patrick Peterson with Malcolm Butler.
7: You know what? I think that, you know, that is. Pat P had a lot on his shoulders. Uh, I mean, he earned it. He earned it when the you know, first couple of years that he was here, uh, he was absolutely a stud across the board. And uh, then a couple of things happened. I don't know what you know his his relationship or his play on the field wasn't as as spectacular as it needed to be. I talked to Pat P. Probably uh, played golf with him probably about two weeks ago.
8: Of course, he, he felt like
7: there was, there was a change that needed to happen. Whether it was with the organization or him, but it was a change that needed to happen. So, and that's a good thing sometimes. Sometimes you get into places, and you know, you, you need those changes. Replacing it with Malcolm Butler, uh, experience sometimes makes a big difference. Malcolm Butler is a you know world champ, he's Super Bowl champ. He's learned a lot how to play the game, how to get ready for a Sunday competition, and sometimes having that experience in that position. You're just removing a name, but you're bringing experience.
3: Frank Sanders, former Cardinals receiver, and we continued our conversation here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, talking about the cornerback room, and it's not just veterans. The Cardinals have flooded that position. A couple of draft picks they have allocated in Marco Wilson, round four, Tay Gowan, round six, and two guys who have all the measurables. They're taller than six foot. They can run. They can both play press man corner. But Frank Sanders saying, you know what? It goes beyond the physical and to the mental. A cornerback
7: in the draft is a hit or miss situation because he has to come in and he you know, he can get exposed really fast. The number one thing in the NFL that they come to try to take is your confidence. Mm-hmm. That's in practice. If they can steal your confidence in practice, we know 100% you're going to stink it up in the game. So you got to have a core quarterback that is confident, whether he is getting beat or not, but he's confident enough to learn the game where he can come out and he can overcome some of his, his, his failures, but he has the athletic ability and the mentality to want to get better. You can get on a football field and just get dotted up the entire day, and once they see your confidence you know, you're going to need a psychiatrist to get that back.
3: All right, it was great to catch up with Frank Sanders, former Cardinals receiver. Some great insight on going against those cornerbacks and what it takes to be an effective corner in the NFL. And that also includes being able to make the tackle. And that is something the Cardinals cornerback room will excel in. Think about it. Malcolm Butler, more than 100 tackles last year. Robert Alford, he'll come up and run support. Byron Murphy doesn't hesitate to hit you. And the word on Marco Wilson, he's very physical as well. And you know what? That's all going to be key, especially those first two weeks against two very effective run games. And if the Cardinals want to match the run game of the Titans and the Vikings, they feel like they've bolstered both ends, the running back room and the offensive line. And we'll talk about that next during this best of edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
2: It's a run play, right side, big hole Edmonds, 25-20, 10-5, 20,
0: touchdown. The inside zone being run and Chase Edmonds found the hole into the house, baby.
2: Gives it to Connor, sweeps the left side, got a block at the 10, Connor to the 5, Connor to the goal line and in for the touchdown, James Connor.
7: Explosive, just the weapons that we have. Chase doing his thing already, and so, you know, watching film, I'm like, man, this dude, he can he can ball. And I want to, you know, learn from him, be a part of it, get to work with him. You know, ain't no telling, I can't predict nothing, but I know what I can guarantee is I'm going to come in here and work day in and day out, put my head down and grind, and, you know, I'm in it for the long haul. So, 17-game season, I'm looking forward to it.
3: Our new Cardinals running back, James Connor, on that one-two potential punch of Connor and Chase Edmonds. It is a best of edition of the big red rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert on Paul Calvisi. Welcome back in. And look, we know how the 2020 season ended, right? From that 6-3 start to the 2-5 finish. And you finished on the outside of the playoff picture looking in, okay, but how? Why? Well, one area that changed dramatically would be the Cardinals' running game, a rushing offense that over the first nine games in that 6-3 and three start averaged nearly 170 yards rushing per game. Over the final seven games, it was under 110 yards rushing per game. And over the last four games, the Cardinals, the lead running back, Canyon Drake, he averaged less than three yards a carry. So you knew there will be change. Kenyon Drake is in Vegas. Chase Edmonds has a chance to compete to be the lead back. Newcomer James Conner from the Steelers. Plus, the Cardinals elevated O-line coach Sean Kugler named him run game coordinator. And he's going to work with the running backs coach James Saxon, who is our guest this offseason here on the Big Red Rage. And we started our conversation asking the running backs coach, well, how'd your backs look in minicamp?
8: I think these guys came in in shape, and I mean, uh, you know, it's really early now. I think we uh, we feel like we got a good group. Um, we got guys who are capable of doing things we're uh, we're going to ask them to do. So um, I'm just looking forward to getting this whole thing started.
3: Kyler was talking about what the run game could or, or should look like. Uh, I mean, you go out in the offseason and Steve Kyme adds James Conner and Rodney Hudson and Brian Winters. And I look at that and I really, you know, what the offensive linemen call the pound game. I'm thinking, okay, here we go. More of a straight ahead power running game. What should we expect this year?
8: Well, you know, we're going to continue to do the things we're real good at. And, you know, we're getting better at a lot of different positions. And, you know, Steve and those guys have done a great job acquiring guys for us. And we just got to put them in the right position to go out and be able to. You know, do what they're capable of doing. Um, you know, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun to watch, you know, as a coach, standing there and helping these guys get to uh, places they want to go. So it's going to be uh, a fun, fun thing to watch.
0: James, what do you look for in a running back specifically?
8: Well, um, toughness. <laughs> toughness, it, it, there's not, I don't know of any good running back in the NFL that I've ever been around that wasn't probably the toughest guy on the team or had toughness that. You could clearly see. Um, And I think that we have several guys like that in our room, including, you know, obviously Chase and James. I mean, we got young guys like Jonathan Ward and Eno Benjamin, who these guys are hungry. Tavia Fischer and California Muhammad. We we got a good group of guys that I'm really looking forward to working with.
3: Cardinals running backs coach James Saxon, our guest here on the Big Red Rage. I I see two running backs who are both in contract years in a james connor and a chase edmonds do you like that do you like that two guys pushing each other and improve it years in their career
8: you know the you know I, i've yet been on a team that's won a super bowl but i've been in a championship game a couple times and all the only, only thing i know is that in this game you got to play man you if you, you want to be a great team you want to be a great player man you gotta you got to be able to compete at the same level or even better than the best players in the sport so that's to me that's that's it i mean that's part of it i mean that's that's where everybody who wants to win in this game has to go and you got to beat the best that you want to be the best
0: james talk to me about chase Edmonds and his skill set and the type of football player is i absolutely love his mentality talk a little bit about chase Edmonds.
8: well um Probably one of the smartest guys we've ever been around. Quite yeah. frankly. Um the guy's uh, not only a phenomenal above-the-neck person and just a personable human. Um, <laughs> just love being around him, talking to him. He's an excellent athlete, and the guy's got it's self-confidence that's just, that just oozes out of him. Everybody around the building just kind of gravitates toward him, and, and uh, it's good for our team. And I think that you know these guys are growing together. And as uh, you know, when you got guys like Chase. And you add a guy like James, and uh, it just—it just is it, it just, great for you.
0: You set me up right there on that note. Same question, James Connor. <laughs> Talk to me about this dude.
8: You know, this guy is a pro. Um, it, it's been fun. You know, it was fun to be around him for the first two years in the league, and then you know, it was fun watching him from afar. And you know, just to get a chance to be back around that guy—the um, guy means. You know, there's no words I can use to describe you know, how I feel about that kid um, other than, you know, it, we're, I'm extremely excited. We're extremely excited that he chose to come here and be with us. And it's going to be a good thing. And, again, it's going to be fun to
3: watch. Can he catch the ball? Is he a threat out of the backfield to oh, yeah. catch the ball?
8: Yeah, I mean, but I don't think you want to ask an elephant to, you know, ride in a sailboat. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, this, 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 this guy, this I'm guy writing is, that down, James. Yeah, <laughs> but no, he's uh We're going to put that guy in the best position to help us, and he he's more than willing to do that. He's going to be prepared.
0: I was talking to my older brother, Craig, about James Conner, and I know you know Craig as well, and he was so sad to actually see him leave right there. He was telling me that Mike Tomlin absolutely was heartbroken that they couldn't get something done. Heartbroken that James Conner was actually walking out of that organization. Mike Tomlin, I guess, called him his bell cow, a running back that was a three-down back. Do you see him as a three-down back?
8: Uh, You know, the guy's capable – uh, doing whatever you ask them to do. And in, in this league, you know, the longer you stay in this league, you have to evolve and, and become smarter. And that's the bottom line for any guy that, that survives in this league for a long time. And I'm, when I say survive, I'm talking about thrive and be a factor on football teams. Because nobody stays as old you get in this league and, and not be productive. I mean, mm. teams move on from guys like that. But when you got guys who are going to continuously produce, I mean, you want you want those guys.
3: And I get it. Most of the talk in the offseason has been about the one-two punch of Chase Edmonds and James Conner, but the question that Chase gets the most is, can he be an every-down running back? What do you say to that?
8: Um, I, I tell those guys all the time, I said, you know, nobody goes to the Hall of Fame that's it's not available. <laughs> and the number one thing in order to be a uh, productive and uh, important part of your team, you got to be available, and you got to produce. And, uh, you know, we feel like this guy's going to be capable of doing those things. He's ready.
0: So what is the best asset? I know that I'm fascinated with James Conner, but anybody who's 230 pounds, I'm telling you right now, you know what I'm going to do? This is just me now, James. I'm going to line him up in the queue. I'm going to put him behind the queue, and I'm going to attack the box in a downhill way at 232
8: pounds. Am I dead wrong or what? No, you, you... This game is a game of, playing in the league, it's a game of many battles. And you play within the scheme of what you're doing offensively or defensively
3: in whatever your position you play. He's
8: exactly what he's advertised to be. He's a downhill runner. that's yes, no BS.
3: <laughs> it was crazy. I looked up a little bit of his history, and James Conner was a star running back in high school, obviously, and a star defensive lineman. Think about that oh, yeah. combination. And then he comes in as a true freshman at Pitt, and he broke Tony Dorsett's record for rushing in a bowl game. I mean, so <laughs> here's a guy with size and speed, able to move. You have that element, the one-two punch. And then what was interesting in the offseason, Coach, is that Sean Kugler was promoted to run game coordinator. Obviously, you're a big part of that. And then Cliff Kingsbury, obviously. How's that going to go this year, the game planning and, and formulating the run game from week to week? How's that going to go?
8: Well, I think Coach does a great job of, uh, you know, putting the plan together and, you know, and allowing coaches to work. And, you know, Coogs is, is a great human being. It's going to be easy to work with him. You know, I haven't worked with a guy, you know, like Coogs. Um, he's, he's about as good as you ever want to get. He makes coming to work fun. You know, Coach Kingsbury has done that with everybody on staff. We've got a great group of, group of coaches and everybody enjoys being around each other. And that makes it easy working. So we're looking forward to getting this thing started
3: right James Saxon there the running backs coach and you heard him mention Sean Kugler the O-line coach run game coordinator well he has a new quarterback of his offensive line that would be center Rodney Hudson who came over in the trade from the Raiders you're talking about a former second team all pro a guy who has all the experience and a guy who doesn't get penalized either. He leads by example, both on the field and off. And that was part of our conversation with a former teammate of his and a former Cardinal, Frosty Rucker, the Cardinals' former D. Lyman. And here he was on Rodney Hudson.
5: Yeah, he's a great player. Very smart, um, durable. You know, he doesn't give up a lot of plays. And I think he's going to be a great addition to. He got the very best in the league. Uh, Ronnie practices every day. I don't want to jinx him with that because <laughs> you know, I don't want to I don't want to say that. Sorry Rod. But um <laughs> when I was there in my tenure with the Raiders he practiced every day. Uh I did get to go against him because myself I was uh also, I was a starter, but I was working on scout team. You know how, how I get down when I play football. It's whatever it takes. So I was helping and lending them a hand on scout team. So, you know, obviously from playing versus him in games, live games, to, you know, watching him work his craft and, you know, go and get some in pass rush drills and whatnot, he's the real deal. And, um again, he's a the, the perfect fit to go on this offense that can, you know, essentially cover
0: his passing lanes. It's right in front of him. I think that Rodney Hudson is going to have a mentorship role, if you will, with Kyler Murray as well, and help him in his career, help him develop as a leader. I'm really jacked up about it because I hear great things about Rodney Hudson in terms of not only knowing the game, but also being willing to help others.
5: Yeah, I mean, he's seen it all. He's proven to be the best center in the game, and he can only drop knowledge. You know, He's not a very talkative guy. He's not you know, an overly loud person, but you know he commands a respect, and that's what it is. He's you know a, a soft-spoken giant on the football field, and mm-hmm. who doesn't benefit from extra leadership around you? Who doesn't benefit from extra you know Pro Bowl experience around you? I mean, it should
3: be a match made in heaven. All right, that's Frosty Rucker, the former Cardinals D Lyman, a former teammate of Rodney Hudson, talking about that combination of center and quarterback, and then you add a James Conner who's listed at 6'1", 233, and it makes you wonder, is Kyler going to be under center more, right? Allowing Conner to get that head of steam going before taking the handoff and running downhill. We'll see. Remember the last time James Conner had that Pro Bowl season? It was three years ago, 2018, a stellar season, nearly 1,500 all-purpose yards, 5.4 yards per touch. And his running backs coach at the time was James Saxon, his current running backs coach with the Cardinals. So what does this all mean for the quarterback? Because it always comes back to the quarterback. And we'll talk Kyler next, a best-of edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
2: Shotgun has the football, short set, throws a deep ball. Left side, single coverage, and it is pulled in by DeAndre Hopkins, and he's got a touchdown. What a throw by Kyler Murray, and what a catch by Nuke to put the Cardinals on the board with 2.39 to go in the first.
0: Nuke was one-on-one. Great throw by Kyler Murray, but an even better read. Touchdown.
2: We said it's going to be Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray. Whoever plays better, that's who's going to win this game. Snaps to Murray, and he keeps it himself, running left. Got a defender with him at the 5. Breaks a tackle, dives, ball comes out, but he crossed the plane, touchdown.
0: Kyler Murray somehow, someway, found a way to get that pig across Pater. Big time play, Kyler Murray. Yeah.
3: In a big-time game for Kyla Murray, that was Week 7 against Seattle. That was the overtime win at home, 37-34, where Kyla Murray went 34 of 48 passing for 360 yards, three touchdowns, a passer rating of 104.5. He also ran the ball 14 times for 67 yards, and oh yeah, he was your NFC Offensive Player of the Week. This is a best-of edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert, I'm Paul Calvisi and Kyler Murray. No wonder Steve Kine, the GM, said recently, and I quote, I would say my confidence at the position and in general is at a real high. You're talking about Kyler Murray, 2019 Rookie of the Year, 2020 Pro Bowl quarterback, along with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. The question is, what is he tracking for here in 2021? And as the Cardinals missed the playoffs last year, something interesting happened in the postseason that the Cardinals hope might prove to be foreshadowing. Third-year quarterbacks got their first playoff victories. Josh Allen with the Bills, Baker Mayfield with the Browns, and Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. So what does that mean for Kyler Murray in year three? And by the way, Kyler recently, he said, and we quote, that emotionally last year was definitely frustrating, especially for a guy like me, Kyler said, I want to win, not going to the playoffs is weird for me. Think of all his success at the high school and college levels, right? The question is how and whether his legs are going to be an absolute integral part of the game plan or what Kyler likes to call a luxury. Because before he went down at Seattle with that shoulder injury, his run game was lethal. In fact, in the offseason, next gen stats rated him the most explosive ball carrier of the 2020 season. All right. So how and where does Kyler get better? How do the Cardinals get better, especially on offense? We had former Cardinals linebacker Sam Acho recently on the Big Red Rage. And Sam, with his high football IQ, our question was, what excited you most about the Cardinals in 2020?
9: It, it was exciting seeing the ability of Kyler Murray, right? He's unbelievably... Talented, mm-hmm. But then you've got to, you have to go through that maturation process that we saw, if you remember what Russell Wilson went through from his year one to his year two. In 2012, Russell Wilson's first year, he was a solid quarterback, right? wasn't doing outstanding, was trying to figure out how to read defenses. Well, 2013, 14, 15, he became this expert at reading defenses. And I think that's where Kyler Murray needs to grow. Now, obviously, being at Allen in high school in Texas, right, where I'm from, winning championships and then going to college, winning championships, not losing games. It's good, but there comes a point where you get to play the biggest and the baddest and the best of the best, and you have to up your game. Talent alone will no longer get you there. And so what he needs is to kind of help just – film watching and having someone teach him how to read defenses and not get trapped by good coordinators. I think that's that's an area he can improve.
3: That's Sam Acho, former Cardinals linebacker, and in particular he cited that New England loss by the Cardinals where Kyler went 23-34 passing but just 170 yards through the air zero touchdown passes first game he'd done that gone without a touchdown pass he had an interception and was held to his running game just five carries for 31 yards rushing and remember Kyler would much rather call a zone number versus called run plays and if you have that traditional run game like the second half of 2019 or the first half of 2020 that's when the Cardinals offense seems to be really clicking when all of a sudden Kyler is at third rail when he can make a defense pay when perhaps they have their back to him and that's maybe what defensive coordinators really fear well we had that conversation about Kyler going forward myself and Ron Wolfley recently here on the Big Red Rage and it all started with a question to Kyler what do you want to improve on?
10: I think all aspects of the game leadership uh, taking care of the ball um, being better as far as accuracy just just the whole game there's no one in this building uh, or that watches the game that's a bigger critic of themselves or of me than I am so I know what I need to get better at. Uh, when we get out there on the field, I plan to show, I, I, you know, I grew in those areas.
0: Oh, Polly, I love that right there. Are you kidding me? This is exactly what I want to hear. I want to hear this from Kyler Murray. I need to get better in the little things. I need to get better in leadership, Paulie. He I,
3: started with yes, leadership.
0: Yes, Paul. I I you know, once again, I love that. Listen, you, you know the way I feel about this, Paulie. Humility is a wonderful master, it truly is because it allows you to see where you need to get better and what you need to do to get better. And I love listening to a guy articulate what obstacles he's got to over, overcome in his career to get better.
3: And you just heard it right there from Kyler Murray. You know, uh, the wide receiver position, Wolf, to me, you look out there and you go, okay, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore. Yes. A lot of potential right there, but there's also a lot of question <laughs> marks. And Kyler Murray was asked about his receivers, in particular, A.J. Green. I
10: expect A.J. to have a big year. I know, you know, I know a lot of people sleep on him. I know a lot of things have been said. About you know him maybe not being able to do it anymore or whatever, uh, we don't really care about that I, you know I ignore all that you know I'm glad he's on the team, I mean we have a, we have a great receiving room more weapons than I can ask for
3: and on paper absolutely but honestly you have DeAndre Hopkins and a lot of unknowns right now what can you count on and bank on here this season when it comes to that receiver room
0: yeah it is a great question right there what you can count on is d hop that's number one i would stop with i would start i should say with deandre hopkins i think you can count on that right there i think you can count on a.j green i, I do at least I think A.J. Green has got an awful lot to prove. He needed a change of scenery, a change of offense. It's the refresh button for A.J. Green,
3: ball. All right, so hit zoom out. Does the Cardinals' offense in general need to change, especially when it comes to the run game? We know Kyler Murray and what happened at Seattle in Week 9 with the shoulder injury. Yes. And we know things were never quite the same for whatever yes. reason. Cliff Kingsbury was asked about it, and he he's used the word uncomfortable. Kyler was uncomfortable, push, and he had to push through You know his physical state and, and that injury to a large degree. And if you look at some of the numbers, the before and the after, for example, Kyler's rushing yards per carry, 6.9, nearly seven yards per carry in the nine games before Seattle. And these numbers crunched by our Kyle Odegaard on azcardinals.com. The final seven games. What's up, he, Kyle? He, he averaged less than five yards a carry and had only one rushing touchdown over the final seven games. And guess what? He had 10 in the first nine games. Yes. So he was asked by Kyle about that today. Here's Kyler Murray-Wolf, your reaction to the shoulder injury and exactly what it did or didn't do to the Cardinals running game.
10: You know, my, my leg should be a luxury, and, and it, it kind of wasn't like that last year. It was kind of me having to run for us. And um, once, you know, my shoulder was banged up or whatever and I wasn't trying to Uh, put myself out there and take those hits and stuff like that. We kind of took a law, you know, hit a law. You know, honestly, I think it was good for us. Uh, You know, I think it was a lesson for us that, you know, we we can't be one-dimensional.
0: We just got to be better in all all areas, all aspects of the game. Paulie, I'll tell you right now, in Vegas, when somebody hit the jackpot, they used to say, winner, winner, chicken dinner, Paul. Because that basically is what you want. (laughs) In the very beginning of Vegas, that's what they did, Paul. Ding, 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 ding. I, I I endorse this message, Paul. You know, you have listened to me talk about this very thing. He can't be Michael Vick, Paul. He can't. You, you can't build your offense around Kyler Murray and say, Kyler's got to run the ball. Uh, if you tell me that Kyler Murray's got to run the ball for him to be effective in the National Football League, you're telling me basically he's Michael Vick. You need well, to run him when it, when when you need it the most. When I hear him say that his legs are a luxury, Paul, that's exactly the way you ought to view him. Not in every down, here we go, Kyler Murray, we're going to have you run the ball 10, 11, 12 times a game. No. Let him scramble. Let it every now and then when you need it the most, when you need a first down, when you need a touchdown in the red zone, let him run the ball then. I got no problem with that, but... Man, if you're going to go into a game saying, well, we've got to have Kyler Murray, our running game is built around Kyler Murray, man. You're your host. All
3: right, that's Ron Wolfley wrapping up a recent conversation we had here on the Big Red Rage regarding Kyler Murray and the Cardinals offense in 2021. And yeah, he had 32 runs of 10 or more yards a year ago, but when it's not balanced out, by a traditional run game when the Cardinals can have that passing game of Cliff Kingsbury with some added weapons like an A.J. Green now and a Rondale Moore and Christian Kirk perhaps going from the slot and then you have that one-two punch at running back with a James Connor and Chase Edmonds more of a traditional run game and now Kyler truly is that third rail well look out right it becomes must-see football and speaking of Single game tickets on sale right now at azcardinals.com slash game ticks. That's azcardinals.com slash game T-I-X. Ron Wolfley, I'm Paul Calvisi. This has been a best of edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.